0: What are we at, number six? This is number six. Yeah. All right, welcome to the Peak Pros Podcast number six. We've got Mia Sweet, Brian Tenenhaus, and our special guest today, Ed Laskovi. Um So Ed comes here today as a triathlete, as a triathlon coach, as a father, as a mortgage loan officer. Is that what your title would be? Yeah. He, uh, he actually helped me refinance not too long ago, <laughs> maybe it. a few months ago. Oh, nice. So um, Ed, Ed is a, also very successful at pretty much all of those things. So that's why I chose to have him come along today. Um, Mia and I are going to talk to him about all sorts of different things. So we'll have some fun this morning and uh, take it from there. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, um, so, Ed, talk to us briefly, um, we know that you've qualified for Kona two times, uh, did you say nine or seven Ironmen? About nine. Nine Ironmen. Um, and how long have you been coaching? Uh, for about six years. Okay. So, um, and and successfully at that. Um, so, over the last two years, he's had at least, that I know of, four um, Kona qualities. Which is pretty spectacular. Uh-huh. Um, and so, talk to us a little bit about your kind of coaching philosophies and and things along those lines. Oh well, there's a history behind the coaching philosophy. All right.
1: And uh, uh, years ago, uh, <laughs> there's a woman that was in our, pink uh, of the Pinkham cycle center in our club, and she had started talking about Phil him and she's like, "Oh, well, right, you know, here's this book and." She was into it, and I started reading the book. I'm like, geez, I wonder if we can get him to come to a, one of our training camps that we would do over in Vermont. So she's like, uh, I don't know that he would. I it. go, it's worth a shot. So we ended up tracking him down a He came out in his RV from Vermont, from or he's from the West somewhere. But he came out and he uh, stayed with us, yeah. and he uh, provided us any information. He ate with us, he drank with us. He had, he played, he plays music too. it's actually very good. It's uh, awesome. awesome. Position. Yeah, he played music for us, and he just hung out with us, and yeah. we got a chance to ask him so many questions. Now he, for those that don't know the name, but he was the one who was a doctor, and he was kind of credited for Mark Allen um, breaking through and winning these Ironman championships mm-hmm. in Kona years ago, back in the '80s. The whole, the whole idea was, you know, these people were training way too hard, way too often, and. He, based on heart rate, took Mark back a little bit and said, "Here's you need to train uh, a little bit, not as hard, not as intense, <clears throat> and it will make you faster."
0: Yeah. And what are the distances again for the Ironman? For people who don't know.
1: Okay, it's uh, two point starts with a two point four mile swim, mm. 112 mile bike, and then a marathon, 26.2. Woo! So. No
0: big deal. <laughs> 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 and so it's interesting. So, Mapatone principle is basically a heart rate based training right. method, right? And so, uh, and I've I've been fortunate enough to work as a physical therapist with uh, some of Ed's athletes, and it's interesting because they're all a little bit different, but in some regards, you know, all Ironmen are the same. You know, you know, we like to train hard, and we don't like to listen to our body. (laughs) So talk to us a little bit more about what what exactly you're asking your athletes to do with this. Well, basically just asking them
1: to slow down. They look at me like, uh, no, because most people that want to uh, succeed, want to win, are type A's. They're like, Mm -hmm. go, 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 so when the thought of like slowing down a little faster, they look at me like I'm crazy and that's the toughest thing that I have to deal with with at any level is you gotta slow down you gotta take it easy you know it it comes down to heart rate and I've had battles and battles and battles with certain (laughs) athletes more than others but it's a constant battle and then finally there's a breakthrough moment where they're like oh wait it's working Mm -hmm. and at that point they start to believe. So it's not only the physical part, but it's the mental part. Believing what you're doing is, is extremely important. And even if it's not training this way, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever way you're training, you've got to believe in it. Right. And if you are kind of, sort of, believe it, you're not going to get, you'll be okay, but you're not going to maximize your individual uh, ability to perform. So that to me, once we get to that point where there is a uh, something, it might be a race, it might be a workout, it might be, you know, hanging out with that really good group of cyclists and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking back at them and your heart rate's really low and something's going something good's going on here. Right, so it's right. Things like that that are reference points that start to believe, start to believe. Then once that belief is there, then it's just,
0: it's just a lot of fun. Huh. It's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Because so, the battle is over, you know? So now it's, it's partially for longevity, right? I mean. Oh yeah. You know your goal is to create a career that doesn't burn out Kay. and prevents injuries yeah, there's so many byproducts of training mm. what
1: I'll call it properly but training this way yeah and and everybody that I've worked with who has trained the you know too hard too often uh, tells me that they and I've I've Came across this myself first time because I was the first one to do it. And I I believe it. You know, people ask me, "Well, how are you? What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, here's here's what's going on, and here's why." I don't tell them this part of it though. They find out for themselves. And basically, you you wake up every day, most every day, ninety-eight percent of the time, feeling ready to go again. Whereas people that. And, and most of the time, the people that I've worked with, they, they wake up like they got hit by a truck. Some, sometimes, not every day, yeah. but sometimes, because it's you're training too hard, too often, it accumulates, and it and it'll wreck it. your body can only absorb so much, so much intensity and all that. So there's there is some intensity to mixed stand. but it's not as often as most people train. Right. So when someone's heart rate's getting too high, you just
0: tell them to kind of slow down a little bit? Like, what's your strategy behind that? Like as you train? Yeah. There's you
1: know? well, there's a formula that's used, and this is what Phil Methadone is is. Um, you know, He's credited for creating this formula. He studied a lot of different people, a lot of different levels of athletes, and he came up with a formula that sort of fits everybody. Mm. Now, there's other ways to test yep. you know, now, but this, this goes back before you could do all sorts of different tests. Now, there's other ways to test to get a more accurate figure, but the formula basically takes 180, subtracting your age, and then you can add back some uh, beats mm. based on certain parameters of, mm. uh, of the athlete. And then there's that's that number. Okay, say it's say it's 140. Mm-hmm. All your training stays below it, and, and probably within five beats of it, it will, you'll maximize mm-hmm. your uh, your training. When you start going over, you got you gotta pull it back. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets very difficult for people, especially early on, because mm-hmm.
0: they'll look at their time and everything. Oh, they're, they're yeah, the time is looking at the yeah. it's annoying. It's, yeah. a, it's absolutely annoying. Yeah.
1: But you eventually get to the point where you know. Where your heart rate is. Right. You don't have to look as often, or some, I don't want to say not at all, but sometimes you gotta take it a look. Sensitive. Yeah, but you're, 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 after years, you know, I, I know exactly where I am. I just tell when mm-hmm. I'm starting to labor a little bit, and, yeah. and I know where I'm at. But the tough part is when I'm working with people. If they get up and walk to the bathroom, their heart rate's like this because they haven't trained enough in that zone for mm-hmm. Or they're coming off a winter where everybody's heart rate's gonna spike by doing something minor. In yeah. sense. So, but over time. You know, you've got to go really, really How it works is over time, you've got to go really, really slow to keep your heart rate down. Mm. But as you build and as you get more fit, based on these, the, the endurance parameters staying in that zone, you're able to go faster. Okay, so uh-huh. we, we track everything, not with training peaks and all that, and any programs that we, we use training peaks, but nice. you can track the progress. And it's slight. And then all of a sudden, the oddest thing, and uh, the oddest thing, you get to about Two or three months doing it consistently, and all of a sudden you have this big movement. Like, mm-hmm. like wait, what was that? You know, you're, you're going, you're feeling pretty, like you're working pretty hard, but your heart rate's really low. A lot more than it was said the day before, day right. before. And you're going a lot faster, you're like, wait, what was that? Mm-hmm. And then the next day, same thing. And maybe you have some other days that are not as, and that's where it's kind of funny because all of a sudden, suddenly they'll go at that pace, and next thing you know, their heart rate's starting to creep, and they gotta go slower. i mm-hmm. like, oh, geez, all this, what happened? It's normal because there's a lot of other outside influences, okay. just stress, hydration, all sorts of things that that you
0: know play in the yeah. effect of your heart rate. So, um, so if um, if there were a couple other coaches in the room who don't believe in the math tone principle mm-hmm. or would argue against it, mm-hmm. what would some of their arguments be? Well, I've had that argument before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I usually ended by saying
1: usually hit by saying, well, when you get, I'll ask the question, how many, answer, your athletes been in the top 10, top five, how many, and they'll be like, uh, like, when you get, some athletes that are in the top five training your way, they're like, damn, that's I know it sounds obnoxious, and it is,
0: but it's true so, so true. so, if you look at, you know, I don't know, Ironman Lake Placid mm-hmm. um, are a lot of the top using this type of training principle? Uh, or is it? I, mean, you know I would say it's yes, but There are other, there are other yeah. methods of training no, that I'm are successful. Serious. I
1: also, but I think that some of these methods, and some of them are a little harder efforts. Right. You increase the risk of injury. Yeah. So you can go hard, but the, the key to, to the key to maximizing your performance at any rate is being on that start line 100 percent healthy. Yeah. No, it is. And train tapering. You can't else. finish yeah. if you can't too start. Hard. So if you got if you train too hard, and you know when you train too hard too often, you're risking injury. Mm-hmm. Could be a little thing. Did you see him? Oh yeah. Okay. You may not like me in this conversation right <laughs> now. No, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I you well enough. No, you don't want. You really don't want to see anybody. So what's your
0: philosophy, Brian? Don't see it. I love it. Oh, um, we have had this conversation. So, so on another interesting and kind of hot topic um what's your stance on strength training for triathletes or, or ironman athletes it's actually extremely important and uh phil
1: mathletone will tell you the same thing and i actually work with mark allen who he is a coach now he's a, he's a great coach mm-hmm. and uh he's uh he does a lot of online stuff so he didn't take that all over the world he does and he's great. great and i i've worked with him and i'll work with him this year because <laughs> there's really not much going on mm-hmm. I have worked with them up until last year and it's, it's great but um, they all incorporate strength training. it's extremely important and I'll tell you why, um, at least the, what, the reason why I think is um, like I'll take being on a bike for example or, or even running for example, running a running bike, but if you're going up a hill you gotta go easy, so when you're going up easy on a hill you're not really uh, hitting your muscles really really hard strength you're kind of working with your heart rate staying down you're going sometimes even you walking your heart rate is too high and i know people don't like to do that, or that but it's true you just got to walk until you get your heart rate in control and that happens early on but because you're not exploding your muscles as often you have to develop the strength through weight training okay same with you know swimming running biking you've got you, you to gotta strengthen those muscles because you're working the way we train, you're working your cardio. You're you are working your muscles as well, but you're not really hitting it as hard as if somebody was hitting that hill on their bike really hard. You know that kind of effort, you're, yeah. you're working your muscle harder, and it's good for your muscles, but not good for the endurance part. And that's what you need to finish a half Ironman, Ironman, feeling good and, and, and maximizing your uh, you know, your abilities.
0: Injury prevention too. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So it's definitely it's it's extremely important. I mean, if you if you train this way without any, you're not going without any weight training or certain those kind of things, you're not gonna maximize your performance. Yeah. But you've got to be careful too, because especially if you're training for an there's a lot of a lot of work, a lot of long rides, a lot of long runs, so you've got to mix in the weight training at a proper time where you're right. not, you know, like Nia said, you've got to reduce the risk of injury. And weight training, especially yeah. if it's not done right, and you know, <laughs> you see the people all the time, you're you're these people to do it the right way to minimize you're not going to eliminate you have to minimize risk mm-hmm. <laughs> right So right. right you can't just completely i mean we're all out there taking risks every day of right when you're training something can happen you could i mean the other day yeah. i something and i was like well, what was that uh, actually i was just running and usually you're running you're loose but i just turned maybe i was talking to somebody <laughs> and i'm like oh ooh, what the heck was that yeah it had nothing to do with like running too hard right right, right. Just, you get injuries from you know, i don't call it injury but it was something that would have kept me from they're
0: probably scoring comfortably. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. So just give us a, um, some of us have been there and, and not, neither of us have have uh, been your athlete, but what would be, a, like take, you know, so we're June 8th, I think, um, late class, is that officially canceled this year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would be six weeks out, mm-hmm. give or take. So what would a normal training week be? This this is this kind of reminds me of reading what um, Michael Phelps ate. You know, remember years ago we found out what he ate. So some people are gonna have this jaw-dropping moment here, just listening to you say what a normal training week would be for this week for an athlete who was training for, let's say, either um or Lake Plass, mm-hmm. which is in you know, somewhere between one and a half to two months out. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh well going to start by saying that uh, one of the things that I looked at, and I, and I think it's important, and I, I looked at reporting from, you know, late Placid is usually the end of July. Right. So, you know, starting January, I mean, we keep track of in the training piece, you know, if you keep yep. track of all the hours that you are doing work and everything else. So I did some uh, analysis to see how many hours people, the people that qualify, how many hours did they put in per week, on average, okay? And you know, you're talking about some vacation time there's there, some, sometimes there's illness or whatever, you got kids' stuff, you got work stuff, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I asked before I, I read the report, and I asked actually Meg and Terry the first year, I'm like, how many hours do you think you guys worked, you know, on average? About 20, 22 on average. And I'm like, not even close. <clears throat> 13 and a half and 15 hours each of them had, on average. What? Wow. Exactly. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Why? I nice. mean, these are, no, I'm not talking about driving <laughs> to the pool. Well, no, no, that doesn't that count. I'm talking about actual clock time that gets uploaded into the mm-hmm. system that I see. So. Wow. So, yeah, and I'm, you don't need 20 hours. In fact, it's probably not good to have 20 hours. If you're a professional and you have time to recover. Right. Are you, yeah, if you night. have time to sleep
0: 9 yeah. to 10 hours a night. Right. You <laughs> Which really is what the yeah. professionals are. <laughs> The four people that made
1: it in the last few years, they're, well, they work. They got kids. They got all sorts of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there, you know, we're, I know you mentioned something earlier, but we can talk about this time, where you find the time. But yeah. 13, of, 13 to 15 hours is a lot. No, no. I, did the, I did the same reporting this past year, two more athletes. Same thing. Wow. None of were very similar. Yeah. So well, I was shocked now. I was shocked, because I figured I 20, heavy it 18, yeah. 20. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading an article in up uh, at Lake Placid in a local paper during race week, and it said, you know, they asked people you know, how many hours on average. And they, they, they concluded that people were, on average, working out uh, 20 hours a week. And I just think people are misinformed because it feels like 20, yeah, <laughs> but it's not. The actual time is less. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, your original question, I got off on the Well, yes, yeah, so it's just give question. But, but that
0: is helpful to yeah. hear, because I'm suddenly like, wow, I should sign up yeah. for one next year. Whenever they going to be. That's
1: why people that have these schedules are able to do it, yeah. because it's not as bad as, I mean, Mm. Listen, there is, a, there is a sacrifice your family makes, yeah. there is a sacrifice your spouse makes, there is a, maybe a sacrifice your work makes, yep. there's, a, there's a sacrifice a sacrifice. And it's the frequency too,
0: which, which we'll find out in a moment here, because it is right. it is several, sometimes twice a day, and usually yeah. five to six days a week, or seven. Six or, six or seven days. Yeah, which is another thing that was unique when I first, my coach said, you get a rest day every six weeks, and I said, what I thought it was once a week. Yeah. And he's like, no, you'll get you'll get a built-in, like a, an easier workout once a week probably, but a rest day where nothing. Yeah. But once every six weeks. I said. Oh. oh yeah. now. So all right, go ahead. Well, so
1: typically I'll put a schedule together as long as somebody's okay with it, seven days a week. Yep. Okay. So um, once in a while there is a built-in rest day, but I actually the conversation that we had is. You, you know your body better than anybody. You know, and you, we, we all know our bodies better mm-hmm. than anybody. So I can't sit there and tell you when you need a rest day. Right. You have to know when you need it. Mm-hmm. And if you need it, take it, and don't even look back. Don't be guilty, which we all are, and we miss a day yeah. or whatever. Especially if there's something on the schedule. But I. So I'll get to the what it looks like in a week. But over when you're training this way, as I say, you wake up in the morning, you feel pretty good. But there is a there is a time that the accumulation will. Uh, and it could be other things as well, work, whatever. Right. There's an accumulation when you wake up when you get hit by a truck. Mm. Yeah. That's the day you need to take off. Yeah. And you need to recognize that and not necessarily push through it. Right. So I, I mean, I've, there have been times when I've gone out for a run on my house and there's actually a hill to get out of my neighborhood, and i be mean, halfway up the hill, I'm like, yeah, this is like, not too. a good day, yeah, I gotta turn around. And it's not often, but I, I'm smart enough or aware enough to recognize that me taking this day off is gonna do me better than Finishing this workout, right? And 100% of the time, that following day, ready to go, mm-hmm. and everybody says the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I leave it up to others. Sometimes it's a conversation, and I have to kind of wait in a little bit and say, "Hey, we'll take tomorrow off." You know, what do you, or what do you think about taking tomorrow off? And I'd be like, "Yeah." So I got to get them to buy in. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's like you know they're angry, they're annoyed, and I say just go do nothing and just enjoy it. Go to do, yoga. Go do something. <coughs> go for it. maybe go for an easy swim. Not even like. Hard whatever, just go oh, enjoy your family. Go exactly have something different. Yeah. in my Yeah. And every time they come back, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, just your body saying. your body talks to you. Right. your body saying enough. Yeah. And then the other thing that I have to tell. I think it would at me kind of funny and they get it though. But <clears throat> you're getting stronger when you're at rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're breaking down when you're working. But you're getting stronger when you're rest. Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple to say that to understand it, but it's the truth. Yeah. So when you're resting, is when your your body's getting stronger. Just mm-hmm. Remember that. So, so it kind of takes people off a ledge a little bit, and they're oh, yeah. like, "Okay, I'm resting, so I'm getting stronger." Okay, it's true, but it's tough to actually you know <laughs> believe that in a vision, but it is true. Yeah. So, but a, a day, a week. So typical. I'll give you a typical week, and it depends on people's schedules. Yeah. A typical week would be a Monday swim, and a, you know maybe this time of year, maybe. Uh, uh, 3,500, 4,000 yards, okay. Um, Tuesday would be a bike and a run, hopefully a break of day to do it. So what I encourage people to do, and something that we do at the Cycle Center, we have early sessions on the bike. It's probably anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes, and then a run off of it, maybe 45 minutes. Um, now, we have talked about split sessions, I know people have to work early or they can't, you know, whatever, whatever schedule is going to go life. at night. Yep. Um, and that's very tough because you're, work, you're getting up early to work out and then you got, most of the time, you got family stuff to do, you're working, and then you're going running after you, I've, I've heard the story, after you, you know, put food on the table for your family, you go out, you're dark, <laughs> and you're running, this time of year it's good because of <laughs> it, there's more light, but I like, don't
0: you know how to talk about funny, right? yeah, So it's, funny, yeah. so it's so that gets I'm the type of guy that would love to bang out that brick, get them both done, because I remember, I, I usually didn't, my coach didn't give me a lot of brick opportunities till like the last trimester of the training, mm-hmm. and so usually it was like, swim in the morning, and then, you know, run a ride in the evening, and it's like, with that, I'm like, you know, 8.15, finishing up, and I'm like, alright, I have 10 hours till I get in the pool. Yeah. or whatever That's it was true. and so I was like so it's, it's a mental game <laughs> it's, it's yeah. a total yeah. mental game and when you were going back to what you were talking about with, right. the, with the kind of taking a day off or being self-aware it's it's mental burnout equal parts mental That's versus right. physical so think about this you're you're done at 7 30 a.m i know i'm you're already shower, like, well, i'm resting your, with
1: your spouse or yeah. your partner your kids hanging around then you go to work yeah mm-hmm. yeah right. then you come home you're done. Right. You can hang out with your kids again right. and you can do whatever you want to do. You mm-hmm. have to yeah. think about Sign them. me up. And, <laughs> yeah. so, so I always encourage that. And I, yeah. I, I got a funny story about that too because uh, Amy said, you know Amy, mm-hmm. she's yeah. a, a great athlete, a great runner and she came to the cycle center one morning when she first started coming and we had a 5.30 class. And I'm like, hey you know, some of us want afterwards, you know, if you want to join us. And she's like, No, oh, I already ran. Wait, who do you know? She was out here like 14 miles oh. <laughs> before she came in at 5:30. a.m. Wow. So I was like, that's how you that's how you're so good at working, yeah. because I didn't have to realize that there's more hours of the day than I thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was <should laughs> getting up at like 3.30? Yeah.
0: Okay. So I asked her,
1: I said, well, you know, at the time our kids were young, she had three kids. Yeah. And she was working. And I'm like, alright, so how does this work? Yeah. She goes, I put my kids to bed at 8 o'clock and I follow. I go right um, to bed, right? You gotta because you gotta get sleep. Yeah, you gotta yeah, do it yeah. sometime. Things are different now. kids are a little bit older. I still think she runs at that time. She's, uh-huh. she's crazy. She's yeah. uh, you know, but you you need to find the time. You do. Yeah. Uh, and her and her thing, I, I got to get this done in the morning because I got three kids. I got to I got to feed them. I got to read to them. I got to get the bed, yeah. I got to do all that stuff that we all have to do, right? Some of that I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> older, but I, yeah. but that's what that's how you manage as a uh, a mom, a dad, or whatever—you've got to find the time. So you know, when the yeah. time the kids are sleeping, I'll try. Exactly. It. So I, I do believe
0: in that, if you can. Yeah. And you can go, oh, I'm not a morning. Goes, well, I've got to go in morning. Hey, come come on. On. I, You can't be an on. Iron Man or an Iron Woman if you're not a morning. person. You, you. Yeah. <laughs> <and>, you, <know, laughs> you don't work. If you don't work, you don't want to film this all yeah. you know, so You've
1: got to find the time. And yeah. I just thought that that was—it was so simple, but it was genius. And I'm like, okay, yeah. hey, they are. And I've been up. I, I don't choose to do that. But sometimes, if I'm like, I wake up in the morning, I'm like. Or in the middle of the night, 3 4 o'clock, well, I'll go for work, I won't necessarily go for one, but I'll mm-hmm. go wait or whatever, go yeah. to the basement or go somewhere and yeah. something. Nice. Um, so, anyway, morning is, I think, is very important, especially, yeah. you know, some people like to work out at night. I, I, yeah, I yeah. I, because what happens is something goes on and I, oh crap, I gotta do this, and then exactly. I just got work out, mm-hmm. and then I'm stressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You try to cram it, and then, then you're injured. Yeah. All. So, Wednesday, back to a swim, you rest your legs. Okay. Thursday back to a uh, probably a little bit longer ride and a, and a run, um, and then Friday has been a swim again. Um, but what happened? And I, and, I, and I started doing this, and this is I'll go I'll refer back to Amy Stephan. They have a group that runs off. We have a group because they've been doing it for years now. That runs off the Guild Agreement at five a.m. Yeah. So we're going to join that. Yeah, you nice. guys should join. It is awesome. It really is. Um, and you know we. Anywhere from 8 miles yeah. to like 12 miles, but the point the is, Amy and whoever she can uh, encourage to run with her will park somewhere down in Madison, run to the Gilford Green, meet with us, do a loop, and run back. So she's got like 18 or 20 miles in, with yeah. whoever she can round up. And we usually get like 12 miles in, yeah, so because we go down down by the water. Uh, sun's rising in certain parts of the year, mm-hmm. it's just beautiful, yes. and then uh, cilantro coffee place mm-hmm. And we hang out for 15 minutes, and we all like rush up to it, yeah. Um, but. That added in has been huge. Everybody has said that's the key to get to get to Kona or get to where they really need to be. Is the a Friday morning. Is that Friday morning? Right? And Everybody gives a credit for it because nice. she's all roped us into going, and, it, and it's a great time. So actually, for me, aside from a long bike ride, it's a, my favorite workout just because it is social. Yeah. It's a lot of times it's in the dark. It's there's some hills involved. There's some scenic. Uh, mm-hmm. The sounds sometimes as people are cooking. The mm-hmm. smells. It's just a yeah, it's a great time of doing. You're yeah. with other people that are have similar Same life. life. Yeah.
0: Are most sessions social, like, a group, or is it individual, or does it depend on who you're coaching?
1: Um, well, I encourage people to get into groups that are similar mm-hmm. in their uh, ability, especially when it comes to bike riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside, we, uh, you know, so Saturday, good, if you're if you're hitting your legs pretty good, uh, run on a Friday then Saturday's a good day to cycle. Mm-hmm. Your legs are a little bit loaded from Friday. And a typical ride for somebody who went an Iron a few months from that, couple months from now, a month and a half from now would be probably a six-hour ride. Uh, distance doesn't really matter, but you know if you're at 98 miles and you've done your six hours, you're, you're going to get that 100 because that's how we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Or sometimes you at 105. I got 112. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. To 100. yeah. Yeah. But uh, so so six up to a seven-hour bike ride. Your, everything on that ride is keeping your heart rate check. So, so some of those workouts throughout the week have some um, uh, harder interval efforts. Yeah. Some are longer intervals, some are shorter. You mm-hmm. are elevated here. It's okay to go up and over. This time to go up and over. But the long runs Friday, the long run, the long ride Saturday, and another long run on Sunday, which would be anywhere from two hours to three hours no more, mm-hmm. would be a long run on Sunday at that heart rate level. So another, another long on run on Sunday? Yep. Okay. And then Monday, if you want an off day, Monday is the perfect off day because you load it on Friday, load it on Saturday, load it on Sunday. Rest on Monday. Let your
0: let yourself get stronger. And mm-hmm. then when, or, if or, it or wasn't because of rest, yes. Yeah, Swim yeah, so, so so. Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday breaks. Friday long run. Okay. Yeah. I got it. The key really is okay. except for that Friday, Thursday, Friday. The key really is
1: to not run on consecutive days. Yeah. And you can ride on consecutive days because you're not doing a lot of time, mm-hmm. but. It's, all right, work the legs, then swim. Work the legs, then swim. Mm-hmm. So so you let your legs, I'll say rest, but if you're kicking, you're kind of, you know, cleaning them out as well, cleaning them out, and, and resting at the same time. And then you load up your legs, and then rest again. And I think that's important. I think too many people go too hard, too often, consecutive. And uh, that's mm-hmm. just, again, you're
0: elevated risk for injury. You want to reduce risk of injury, you know, so. Uh, you had mentioned Yoga, a little bit. Um, I know Mia does some some good mm-hmm. yoga yeah. stuff. Any any thoughts on? Well, do you have any thoughts on yoga with runners and and with iron? You know, or with triathletes yeah. and and also? To your what are your thoughts? Well, I I prefer doing yoga at like the end of a session because it kind of just clears everything out. Like you're just sort of talking about it. you're getting. A lot of work done, right? On right. certain sections of the body. Mm-hmm. So doing that deep, like flexibility type stretch at the end is always beneficial. But also on those off days too, like you're mm-hmm. mentioning. But, um, but it sounds like you do some yoga like
1: as well. Or <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Wait, to is you that? <laughs> it's not. Well, here's, 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 yeah, here's, here's what I always say. This is this is what always gets caught when it comes to time, aside from sleep, is. Just Stretching yoga. True. Unfortunately. True. And it's extremely important. And I'm guilty of it. And yeah. I know some some of the people that I work with are adamant about getting their yoga, and they do. Yeah. And I think it's extremely important. And I completely, a 100%, agree with you. When you're done and you're warm. Yeah. You do it, or on an off day. Right. You know, as long as you warm up, and I'm sure that's how you you know you work. But too many people, I think, stretch. And I, I I read things on this and maybe Brian, maybe you could weigh in on this, but Mm -hmm. too many people stretch too hard before you work out Mm -hmm. and you create what I, maybe there's truth to this, some micro
0: tears and that could create some issues down the road. Is that? So they actually say that like passive stretching, just, you know, doing like a, your, your basic hamstring stretch, Mm -hmm. your muscles can get to be 30% or more weaker in the immediate afterwards. Okay. So it actually, that's where the research, there's some big study that came out, you know, maybe five, ten years ago at this point, And that's when everyone's like, Whoa, why are we telling everyone to stretch before going for a run? Right. Um, so they, that's when they sort of switched gears and said dynamic stretching is much more, um, you know, important. So I, I think if I were to prescribe to someone, I would say, you know, if I knew they're going on a six mile run, I would say, all right, well, maybe, Make the first half mile or one mile like kind of a jog, mm-hmm. and then spend your five or ten minutes doing some dynamic warm up stuff. Um, you can do a little dynamic warm up before the jog too, but it's gonna be afterwards where you can sort of sit down or stand at the fence and do some mm-hmm. passive stretching okay. because usually you're not getting weaker and staying weaker. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're actually altering performance though if you do. A bunch of passive stretching right before uh, performance activity. Okay. So that's kind of some of the, the thought on that. Um, Makes sense. Stretching is, you know, for how many hours? I mean, so let's say you are pounding your body for 14 hours in a week. Mm-hmm. You no one's ever going to stretch for 14 hours, but if you don't stretch, you know, for 20 minutes or 10 to 20 minutes every day that you're doing stuff. You know, what happens is people are often, like you said, running off to work or heading off. Mm -hmm. So it's usually like a minute that people will just, you know, do this and that. But the truth is your body really needs a little bit more attention um, after some of these aggressive workouts. And it'd be fine if you spend a minute or two, you know, roadside doing a little bit. And then when you get home, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you take a shower grab a bite to eat, grab your you know, your smoothie or what have you, and then get your yoga mat out and spend a good 20 minutes. You know, I think if you're gonna dedicate six or seven hours to a ride, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't, if you're not willing to spend 10 to 20 or even 30 minutes of just gentle, like kind of, you know, a certain, if nothing else, your spine, if you're on a bike in this position here, mm-hmm. And that's why if you look at a lot of these cyclists and, and triathletes, we're kind of becoming a little kyphotic <laughs> with our posture. And that's where you could, you're not even really spending time stretching your hamstrings as much as taking a, yoga, uh, a foam roller and working through your, your spine so that you don't lose some of that verticality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately you can take that a step further and, and look at um, your ribcage dysfunction and your dis- di- dif- difficulty getting good, efficient breathing. And that's where it suddenly does affect your performance. Right. So those are some thoughts there. Yeah, it's true. And I mean when you're done with yoga, how do you feel? too <laughs> okay, so. yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so something good's <laughs> going on. Fresh, and exactly. it's just
1: uh, you know, unfortunately that gets cut the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. should it's true. It's true. And all the things you exactly. said, it should, because yeah. you know, when we look at and it's when we look at training, we put the work in, if you're not eating right, you're not stretching, you're not right. doing all those other things, and you're not maximizing what you're doing. Why? You, I don't say why you can waste your time, but a little more time and you can maximize your, uh, you know, what your abilities are and your performance and everything else. Yeah. And it's hard to have that ingrained in your mind that you just gotta finish it all up. Mm-hmm. Eat, like eat within 20 minutes afterwards, get some protein yeah. and stuff like that and make sure you do stretching but you know time. time. Those are so. Those are you cut your work all over shorter, so you have more time. Maybe maybe that makes sense. Right, yeah. right. I mean, those are.
0: That's I think the, usually the key to. You know, having. How how young are you if you don't mind me asking? Oh. I'm 58. All right, so 58. I mean, there's a lot of people who are in there. Called, sir. <laughs> <laughs> mid to late 50s that don't even run they can't or they choose not to or they say oh i got bad knees but those are all the the Mm -hmm. little things that we take care of ourselves for the first 58 years with eating right eating at the you know training right stretching right and and listening to your body all of those are like lessons i think to being being able to be as competitive and and you know successful into your 60s and 70s as a triathlete or any type of athlete really Oh, another important thing is whether you're
1: competing or you're doing it for the fun of it, the worst thing to do is be injured and be on the sideline. Right. Because mm-hmm. it makes you, I mean, I've talked to people, yes. that, oh, if I was injured for a period of time, I would be beside myself, Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's true. Yeah. So staying healthy, staying in the game, staying in the training, staying in the social aspect of it, it's important. It's huge. If you're completely out and you're you're sitting at home and you the physical part of it and the, and the, the social part of it is very important. Not, you asked okay. the question earlier, what do you do? I, encourage people to train with others yeah. for for numerous reasons. The social part. Not lonely for hours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but there's also the part that um, you know people will pull you yeah, and that's true. push you. And one of the things, um, just kind of getting on the tangent here, but with training, especially on a bike ride, mm-hmm. you can go out and you can you know by yourself and stay at the market and all that, and going out for six hours by yourself is boring as heck. So you, so to go out with a group, well, how do you all do everybody? everybody has a different levels. Mm-hmm. So how do you uh, maneuver that? How do you Mm -hmm. work that so that everybody's getting the proper training? Well, how we worked it out is you have to kind of be sort of in the same area as far Mm -hmm. as, you know, you don't want to have somebody way down here in the heart rate and your other one's up here. So we've we've been able to get groups of people together. And and I've encouraged people that maybe are slower on the bike or whatever to find people around your speed Mm -hmm. and work together. So drafting becomes a very important thing and there, were, there was a time that I was training with people that they would draft off of me and then these people, these women got much stronger than me and started kicking my ass and I had to tuck in. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay with it by the way. <laughs> I actually liked it because I was training and um, they were getting much higher in Magna Carrie, and, uh, and Doro. Yeah. And I, I'm tucking in behind them so that I could get uh, the benefit of getting my heart rate to stay down so that would be my proper training. And, that, and I encourage Seriously. everybody to do that. So it's a matter of, Who's out front, here comes a hill, you know, make sure you tuck in. If if it's a day where your heart rate's maybe running a little bit hot that day, make sure you tuck in a little more often Mm. and get the proper work I need. And it's worked. And it's been very effective. And, And so training with others, there's a lot of benefits, but that's one, especially training this way. And
0: nutrition, how often do you recommend that your athletes take in nutrition throughout their training sessions or even just the Ironman itself?
1: Well, I think the problem with most people, especially, I mean, most people don't, training the way they race when it comes to nutrition. Mm-hmm. So they got like oh, I got a water bottle, and you're like, wait. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, well I got a goo. Well, wait, go up <laughs> <and the fire laughs> It's five hours. I don't eat what I No, 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 it doesn't work that way. You've got to take it in while you're. You got to, you know, when you're racing. Yeah. All of a sudden your bike is loaded up. You got to your pocket stuff, and there's. You can't all of a sudden yeah. race if you haven't and, and start taking in food if you haven't. You got to practice that. You have to practice it, it. You to yeah. practice it. and your yeah. your system. If you're, you don't want to shock your system, either, and yeah. you need it, you yeah. need it as you're going along. So. I always encourage people to to take stuff, and it, it's try to keep it simple for some people. You know, calories. Make sure you're getting you know based on weight. Get two hundred fifty, get three hundred calories an hour. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. And I help people figure out their race. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to training, you know, we talk about certain things, but make sure you get this many calories, and make sure you're, you're hydrating. Mm-hmm. We all. Oh, I always. And the people that I work with will tell you. I always think that everybody, whether you're training or not, is probably dehydrated. The majority mm-hmm. of people walking around dehydrated. Not enough water. Not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, if I if, and you guys know when you're dehydrated, what do you, you feel? Feel like crap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that waking up that next morning not feeling good is because you were dehydrated. It's kind of, it's kind of like you know what happens when you drink at night or yeah. drink at any time. <laughs> what happens when you drink? <laughs> you're dehydrating yourself. Mm-hmm. You wake up the next morning with a hangover. Well, right. It's, some yes. of it is the alcohol, but
0: some of it is the dehydration just from drinking your body. Yep. Um, so, well, what's the very first thing you go to the ER and 80% of their, I'm making this number up, but they, they put you on a saline drip and, and guess it. what? You're better. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that goes okay. exactly right. hand in hand with what you're right. saying. Most of us are dehydrated <clears throat> and now that some of us are living in a mask several hours a day, it's that much harder to get fluids. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it speaks volumes yeah. for the importance of just getting water in your system right so to, to finish up on your question is yes water will
1: stop mm. load up on water and if that's people's choice and, and people have their own personal powder mix or whatever it is yeah. that they, everybody's different from oh. what they like or whatever but you just got to get you got to get enough in you based on what you're burning sure it's a very important and I, and I still i still see it today where we're training i, I i'm not guilty i'm not you know that i'm a little bit short so I get to the Guilford green and the, you know, the burrito truck is there. I'm like, after playing eight lot, I'm like, Oh burritos. Yeah. Right. And I go, well, I got to get home. <laughs> yeah. But because I'm, I'm I've probably starved myself a little bit. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm short of calories. Right. And, and so what I happens say, is
0: you're breaking down muscle instead of breaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like so, so, so why are you training? Right.
1: right. Yeah. Why do this? If you right. want to maximize that workout, you got to do all those little things that mm-hmm. we,
0: it so. Well, they say that, so. Nutrition is the fourth discipline. If if you've got a swim, bike, and run, and and I I I'd, I'd say nutrition and strength training are are sort of one and one a. Yeah. And and sure. no no question about it that the best triathletes or athletes in the world, if you're not if, you know if you're a runner and all you do is run, then you know. There's there's something wrong with that because that, that sort of theory is, is long out the window because you mm-hmm. should be doing a lot of strength training as well to go along with that and mm-hmm. for injury prevention and just for performance. Yeah. One thing. Go back to the nutrition
1: portion of it, and uh, I don't know how many times an people will finish a race and you're like, all right, well, you know, it, maybe they did the performance they wanted. Well, well what happened? Let's let's go, you know, because in order to improve, you got to figure out you got to what you did wrong. Yeah. Let's retrace your steps nine times out of ten is nutrition. Yeah, mm-hmm. short of it. Or, or cramming it, You know, forgetting to take it, and all of a sudden you're cramming it. Most times it's short. I'm guilty of yeah. it. I'm guilty of it too many times. Mm-hmm. And I thought back and God, what was I thinking? And you know, you justify not taking because you feel you're gonna be lighter, or you don't wanna get a gut issue, or whatever the case may be, but you, or you just completely forget about it. And, or you get halfway in the, the morning, like, all right, good, I'm feeling pretty good, I don't need any more nutrition, I don't wanna, risk getting some issues or whatever, the next thing you know, you know you're getting cramps or you're you're just not able to perform. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and why? You've trained hundreds and hundreds of hours to get on race day and not focus on what you're supposed to do. Right. I got it, yeah. I know, you know? So it's just like, what? Are, what's, so those are the things that we just kind of, all right, remember this, remember this, and, and race day, it's like, all, right, all this work, let's make sure you can maximize, you know, based on, not even, Nutrition, but also on uh, your race plan. Your effort throughout the race. Don't mm. go too hard here. Take it back here. Don't hit the hills too hard. Whatever the case may be. Whatever that the, the terrain in that race is, stick with the strategy. This is the most important day. Uh, on the race important. day,
0: too, the strategy is still the same with the heart rate on the race day, too? No, it's a little different. Now time, time to unleash a little bit.
1: I mean, if yeah. you're hitting a hill, you don't want to like be way up here. So you got to kind of moderate. But you yeah. are able to go over because you've trained yourself now to... Burn fat there's more to it, obviously, but to burn fat properly so that when you get to whether it's long training days or race days, mm-hmm. that you can go up and over. There's glycogen stores involved, burn sugar, fat, and all that other stuff. There's a lot to it cool. that we're not gonna get into today. Yeah. You probably know more about it than <laughs> know anyway, but, <laughs> I'm sure. but yeah, so so you can go and you're racing. It. It's yeah. a race. But if you feel it depends on if it's an army race, if you feel like you're racing, kind mm-hmm. got it back even if you know it's all okay going to be over a little bit at certain times, but you still want to maintain because down here you burn fat. Yeah. Up here you're burning your glycogen. You only have so much glycogen. When that's gone, you got to try to, and that's a strategy that that can create issues here. Yeah. And you don't want to be in that ballpark. So yeah, we well, it, it raise It's race day. You got to yeah. go. So, but you don't want to be away up here because you will you will not make it to the end. True. Right.
0: Or feeling good at the end or whatever whatever the um, goals. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Well, Ed, thank you so much. Um, It's been awesome having you here. Mia, thank you so much. Thank you both. And keep keep tuned for more uh, upcoming podcasts, and we will talk with you guys soon. All right. Cheers, guys.